Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now Jesus decided to give his disciples a test in order to see where they were at and how much they knew. It was a pop quiz, so to speak, and many of us here are familiar with testing. Jesus' first questions to the disciples was this. Who do people say that I am? In other words, what is the world saying about me? You hear what what they say. And they told him, well, John the Baptist, and others say that you're Elijah, and others say that you're one of the prophets. That was easy. In order to answer that question, they only had to listen to the people around them in and around the synagogue, in the towns that they went to. And when people would come to Jesus, oftentimes they talked with the disciples first. And they believed that Jesus had some supernatural powers, and they wanted stuff from him. Now, if we were to answer that question, who do people think that Jesus is? We would probably say that the world says that he's basically a good person. And that he was a great teacher who taught us how to love one another. And we'd sort of be right. <laughs> he, he did teach us, he does teach us how to, to love others. But then Jesus decides to see if the disciples agree with the world's assertion, assessment. And Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter then quickly speaks for the other 12 disciples. And he said, you are the Christ. Short and sweet. And Jesus could have responded, yes, the Christ. But what is, is yes, the Christ, that is your answer and that's correct. But what do you mean by the word Christ? I remember one time while I was at seminary, the professor asked a question, and I immediately raised my hand. Nobody else raised their hands, and I was thinking, what's wrong with you guys? We should all know this. And the professor looks at me and kind of quickly looks past me and looks around the room. Can anybody get it? And he looks at me again, and I'm like, and then finally he goes, says to me, yes, Justin, the answer is Jesus. But why is the answer Jesus? And I went, <laughs> like the rest of my class. Jesus, Jesus uh, then began to teach the disciples what it means that he is the Christ. By talking about the Son of Man. It says, He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. Now, this was exactly the opposite of what the disciples were thinking. They were thinking that the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and everybody would finally come to realize, and they would all band together as one nation and rise up against their Roman occupiers. 
But no, Jesus said that the Son of Man must be rejected by all of these and be killed. And after three days, rise again. Jesus said this very plainly. This is what is going to happen. And as Jesus talked, I would have loved to have had a video camera on the face of Peter. You ever catch people in those awkward faces? And I can just see him, like proud that he had the answer right. To what do you what do you mean? Must suffer, be rejected. What do you mean die? And so he decides that he's going to have to do a, something about it. He's like, I better get Jesus straight here. I better remind him what we're doing. So Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. I can imagine he did it in a polite way. But at the same time, he was rebuking God and God's will. Peter said he believed something without knowing what he was really saying. Yes, the answer is Jesus. But who is Jesus? The answer is the Christ, but who is the Christ? And how do we know him? Well, by his works. And Peter did not know that Jesus being the Christ meant suffering, rejection, and death before the resurrection. He saw only glory behind the word Christ, not the suffering that needed to come first. Peter did not really think about what it meant for Jesus to be the Christ. He did not really think about what it meant that he was a follower of this Christ. It's like, wait a minute, where are we going? What are we doing? What does it mean for you? Now in the year uh, 2015, what does it mean for you to be a follower of Christ? What does calling Jesus your Savior really mean? Well, calling Jesus our Savior calls us to know Jesus. And how do we know him? In other words, calling Jesus the Christ, it calls us to discipleship. It calls us to study our Bibles, our small catechisms. For those of you confirmed in the Lutheran Church, your, comfort, your confirmation day was not graduation day. It was not graduation from the church. It was a beginning when Peter called Jesus the Christ, Jesus let him know, this is only the beginning. Follow me. Peter had the right answers, but it would take a life of experiences and application to understand what the answer really meant. Can you relate to that? You're always wondering, why do I need to know this? How will I ever apply this? Where is this going to come in, into use? Now when Peter rebuked Jesus in ignorance, 
Jesus did not let it go. He didn't say, oh, he got it wrong, you know. But Jesus does not want us to continue in our ignorance. Sometimes, as was the case with Peter, our ignorance of God can actually be harmful to others or ourselves. So Jesus scolded Peter, saying something very harsh. He said, get behind me, Satan. You see, the exact same things that Peter was saying was the same things that the devil was tempting Jesus with. You don't have to suffer. Be in your glory right now. Let all the world worship you right now. Peter was saying the exact same thing as the devil. And Jesus lets him know, you, are not, you do not have on your mind the things of God. You're thinking the things of man. Man looks for glory. Man looks to escape suffering. Man will not love if it's not convenient for him. If, if my wife or if my husband is no longer giving me what I need, well, then I don't love them anymore. If I'm not getting something from the relationship, I'm walking. That is not the way with God. If that was the case, he would have walked away a long time ago. Jesus would have never taken on flesh. Jesus would have never walked to the cross. Because what was he getting out of it? Oftentimes, the way that we desire to see God is not the way that he chooses to reveal himself. We want to feel God in glorious and powerful ways. Instead, God touches us with cool water mixed with his word. We want to see Jesus in physical form and appear to us and tell us everything's going to be okay. And we'll know it's okay because he looks like he has power. But instead, he's chosen to reveal himself in a hidden form, in, with, and under the bread and wine. He says, before you see my glory, you have to know me through my cross. And he called himself to the crowd with his disciples, and he said to all of them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. That does not sound like the country we live in. <laughs> does not sound like the world I live in. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life, whoever's looking just for himself in this life, he's going to lose it in the life to come. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. Confess that you're a sinner. Confess that you need help. For what can a man give in return for his life? If I get everything in this world, it can't buy my life. 
Only Jesus' holy, innocent suffering and death can do that. And Jesus says, he says, pick up my cross. How do we pick up our cross and follow Jesus? What does that mean? Well, it's more than just knowing the answers from confirmation. It's knowing not only that the answer is Jesus, because it is, but it's also knowing whom Jesus is and how he answers your questions. It's not only knowing that Jesus is my Savior, but it's knowing what he saves me from. How, how, How is it that I'm lost? How is it that I've broken the law? What is that law that I've broken? How have I not loved my neighbor or God? How much do I really need this one who's come to save me? And we know that through the word. Do you know the Jesus behind the answer? We get to know him better each time we hear his word, read his word, and live through hard times with his word in our hearts. When you are pushed, when you suffer, you come to see that you you will not be pushed until you waste away. You will be pushed until you hit that rock. And that rock that you rest on, his name is Jesus. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is shifting sand. And when we suffer, that sand begins to shift away and move all the way until we hit solid rock. And then in your suffering, then you know something that will not be moved and someone who is for you. When all the other things that we put our trust in fade away and let us down. If us Christians are ever persecuted in the United States as they are around the world right now, you know, we want to escape when things get tough, uh, when we need, just need a break. Well, when things get tough, if we end up being persecuted, that break that we get, we won't be turning to, to our Netflix. <laughs> we won't be checking our Facebook. We're going to be checking our word because everything else is going to seem like it doesn't matter anymore. Um, suffering is something that we always try to escape from. But it's in suffering that we come to know the one that we truly hope in. And that's why Paul, knowing the word of God, could say this. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope, it does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured. Another baptismal reference. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit given to us.
Rejoice in suffering. We can only rejoice in suffering because we know that in suffering, we better understand and know the one who suffered for us. And as St. Paul also said, when we're weak, when we're pushed to the limit, can't stand on our own, that's when we're strong. In our suffering, we know our Jesus. Over time, Peter really got to know Jesus. In time, Peter not only knew that Jesus was the Christ, he knew what it meant that Jesus was the Christ. He saw Jesus' suffering and crucifixion. And he saw Jesus rise from the dead from that and forgive him three times by the, by the water. And in time, Peter, knowing Jesus, led to his own suffering and crucifixion. Peter was crucified because he wouldn't stop talking about this one who suffered for him, Jesus. He shared with the world how Jesus died for her sins and that Jesus was the only way to heaven. And to silence Peter, to shut him up, they decided that they would kill him by crucifixion. And Peter said, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same manner as my Savior. And he requested to be crucified upside down. And the Romans, they honored that request. St. Peter not only confessed Jesus, he knew him intimately. Talk with Jesus in prayer. But you'll only get to know him through his word. Not only know that Jesus is the answer, but also know him. And never let anyone take you away from him through good times or bad times. Know him all the way through your death. And then you will know him in the resurrection. And now the peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen. We rise as we sing the offertory on the bottom of page 192.